nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Good evening and welcome to uh, SA Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. Uh, joining me tonight is Rafa and Royce. Uh, Royce, uh, how are you? We missed you last episode. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, it was uh, one of those uh, Murphy's Law kind of days where <laughs> I work, I've worked late and then there was bad traffic and to the point where there's an overturned trailer and I didn't get home until y'all were just about finished. So, yeah, lame. <laughs> Rafa, how are you? Uh, you uh, avoided the uh, winter frost. Uh, I, I got a little had a defrost yesterday, being in the shade there at, at Back West, <laughs> uh, live streaming some of the games, and I did my little debut commentating the games. So, if you're on the Facebook page, you get to hear my voice commentating on some of the. Some of the golazos I got to see on yesterday's Ian's Cup game. So just kind of a quick update here. Uh, going forward as we get prepared for the season here, um, with high school season in full swing here, we're going to split up the show. So Sunday morning, if on especially on during the season, we're going to try to do a you know uh, uh, post game, uh, you know, a review show at that point. Um, Maybe and then depending on the week, depending on work schedules, later in the week we'll try to do a preview show of the next game here. So there may be one to two SAFC slash you know Athenian slash you know whatever um, you know lower league teams that are in town. I know we got an MPSL uh, team um, as well that we'll also be focusing on. You know, depending on how much communication uh, we're able to get. And high schools uh, will be a midweek show uh, for that here. Reason why we're doing that, number one, instead of having an hour and a half show, try to have them 30 minutes, 45 minutes, just, um, you know, shows here. Number two, you know, especially for the high schools, that way, you know, if we want to have on more guests or along those lines, it's not as cramped. Uh, and we can give uh, the full attention to, to that here. So just a heads up, this show will be mainly, well, this show is going to be mainly SAFC. A little bit Concacaf, you know, you know, just at, at the end uh, for that. Here, high school will be coming up. So, SAFC Royce, we're going to catch up with you because last week there were uh, a couple of huge moves that I would like to get your thoughts. We'll start with the appetizer. Uh, Leo Torres was loaned to Real Monarchs of MLS Next Pro. Uh, wasn't a sell like I was hoping. Um, a loan. I know Rafa mentioned maybe it's one of those loan to buy, you know, buys possibly uh, for that here. But your thoughts on Leo not really getting a chance here with San Antonio FC, you know, at least, uh, you know, during game action, you know, I'm sure he had chances in practice. Uh, 
I honestly don't think it's uh did not get a chance. I think it's that's where Leo wants to go. Um obviously I mean he's 17. He's I mean he's gonna make a decision. He's not 18 yet. Um yep. at the same time, um yeah, you, you gotta respect the player for for what he wants. Uh, he may not want to go to Europe, um, like like Guy Higos. Um, and maybe he just sees kind of himself in MLS and at the same time. You could do a lot worse than going into the uh, Real Salt Lake um, um, program. Uh, as far as a you know not being a not being a transfer, being a loan to buy, he's still young at the same time, and they you know, wants to keep his options open um, in case maybe he does want to go um, to uh, to Europe eventually because he still can't do that because he's still not eighteen. <laughs> um, but at the same time, the move is very exciting for him. Obviously, he opened a lot of eyes over there in salt lake city um at the same time uh he obviously built a good rapport over there and they really like him and that's exciting that's exciting for him it's exciting for any san antonio youth um i know we've had a lot of um former academy players that were on the roster um they've moved on to college Mm -hmm. which has been great that's been great to see um obviously josh ramsey's at um north dakota um and you have a number all over the place. Um, uh, the same school that uh, uh, Charlotte has one. Uh, was it? Yeah, uh, Charlotte. Exactly. Abraham uh, Lincoln. I think if Lincoln pardon did, me, Abraham did Lincoln, Lincoln go to uh, Charlotte? A lot of guys went to a lot of places. Dildy went to college. Um, Lincoln went to college. Uh, Rocky Lopez went to uh, you know all these are D one athletes, which is huge. That's that's amazing for to show where the academy has gone and how successful the players have been after the academy. Um, so it's great. Uh, it shows just how powerful that academy is, um, and it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's still growing in, uh, um, in, um, and what it can do. It's still growing its name, and it's already uh, one of the top academies in the nation. Rafa, any thoughts on? On uh, Leo, I know we kind of touched base on it through there, but any thoughts on uh, what Royce was saying? Yeah, look, we're just kind of piggyback on Royce. It's just a good opportunity for him. Um, like I said, maybe like I said, maybe he does have different vision of a route going to as far as his career. You know, you know, Jose is up in Europe. Maybe he's he's going to Real Monarchs as a you know maybe a lot better path for him. So and then, it, like I said, it just shows that Monarchs is really interested in him. And who's to say, you know, he en- ends up becoming uh, on the first team for Real Salt Lake in the near future, which is a po- good possibility. If you know, if he does well this for this this coming year and so forth. So, uh, but also, like I said, he can always come back, you know, and maybe he ends up getting signed by us, and and then he he decides he takes that role like Jose did and. And works through it, and maybe takes him to that, you know, to that path to Europe. So, being at seventeen, he's got a lot of options. So he's there's like really no rush. But hopefully, like I said, wherever he ends up, he's gonna he's gonna be su- successful at it. The other one, which uh, I think we were all excited to see, um, and Royce was the first one to catch it at what three thirty ish in the morning. Uh, uh, San Antonio transferred uh, Jose Gallegos to a uh, Danish uh, Superliga club, uh, Sundar Yeski. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe that's how that is pronounced. Uh, so your thoughts, and I know you've kind of caught a couple of the 
um, pre, you know, friendlies that they're having. I guess because they're not preseason, they're midseason. It's, but they right, take, it's, they take a break. Uh, uh, the the right, the Danish league takes like a two month, two or three two month, month break, break for yeah. winter, um, which is great. Um, and so their first their first official league match is on the 18th. So I mean, it's still two weeks away. Um, yeah, uh, my uh, luckily I had my uh, my dad alarm on. Um, and I got up at 3.30 and decided to get up and go brew a pot of coffee. And while I was sitting there deciding to go through social media, um, I did my usual searches. And Gallegos had a new one from a language I, uh, I don't speak. Um, <laughs> so I, I speak a little bit of German. I speak a little bit of Spanish and mostly English and that, Danish. Nope. So went to not Google on, Translate and <laughs> yeah, went to Google Translate and my eyes went wide open. Um, it's exciting, man. Um, it's Danish Superliga. It's not a you know, it's not a second division team. Um, it's, a, it's a. There are some exciting points to his contract. Number one, it is four and a half. Number one, it's in Europe. That's what Jose wanted, um, and he's immediately going to get an opportunity on this team. And I think that's why he went. That number one, it's in Europe. Number two, it is a four and a half year contract. They believe in this player and they believe he will develop to be able to sign on um, for a profit, which is huge. Um, and they're second really highest player, right? Yeah, it's their second highest transfer ever. That's correct. Um, so they obviously believe in the kid. And number three, they are in relegation trouble. They are in second to last place. In the relegation uh, position, so they need some points. They need some points quick. And watching their preseason matches, I can, can see, see why. why. <laughs> um, at the same time, I will say that second preseason match was a lot more um, convincing, and the team was a lot more organized on that second match mm -hmm. than that first match. Now, whether that – and I, I honestly think that second team they played – was probably the better team. They pressed a lot well, a, a lot better. Um, they pressed well. Their press was a lot better than the first team. At the same time, um, um, uh, what was I going to say? Their their press was a lot more organized. They were they seemed to be a more physical club. At the same time, um, Sondrievsky, um seemed to play out of the press a little bit better. Um, they did create a lot of chances, the other team, um, to the point where I think it should have been three or four, nothing, maybe three or four to one. Um, at the same time, um, uh, like I said, that second game, they just looked a lot more, they created a lot more chances, whether that be because Jose played the, uh, the entire second half of that second match. Um, in the first match, he got maybe 20 minutes. Um, and he, he looked, he didn't necessarily in that first match, it didn't necessarily look dangerous, um, but he definitely had a little bit more sauce than everybody else. Uh, he was looking for passes, uh, but he just kind of got a feel of the match. That second match, he definitely got stuck in a lot more. Um, he he got the whole second half. Um, and he I, I think he looked good in that in that second half. Uh, he had did have some poor touches, uh, let the ball get away from him. Um, but he definitely found himself in a lot more dangerous positions in that second match. He got a shot on goal in that second match. It wasn't the most stinging, but it was a shot on goal on the right way. Um, and he found himself making some really good runs. And he showed the potential to show why he will be so important to Sondrievsky. Um, 
um, in the second half of their season uh, to try to uh, to get out of the reg- uh, relegation zones to uh, to survive uh, to stay in the Super League for next season. And one of the exciting things about the setup that that the the uh, uh, Danish Super League has is. He's going to get so they split the league in half. So the teams mm-hmm. uh, that were excelling, um, you know, they have the opportunity to fight for Europe. The teams at the bottom, they play each other, and then the bottom two go down. Mm-hmm. Right now, um, Sondreski's second from the bottom, but they're going to be playing against teams that aren't the best. Um, right. They're better than what they've been. Don't get me wrong. Uh, right. But they have a fighting chance to stay up. Correct. And that's what that's what I'm excited about, you know, for Jose, because um, when we I think all three of us were in the chat that first match. Yep. They were all saying, hey, we're begging for offensive count. We're begging <laughs> for it. somebody to be able to play, you know, do some attacking. Yeah. Um, and from and from, from from what it looked like on that first match well, on the first two matches, um, uh, their defensive back line wasn't the most organized in the world. Um they let in a lot of crosses in, and those crosses got through. Um, so it wasn't just that they're getting beat on the wings. They're also getting beat with the crosses, uh, with the runs other teams were making. So uh, I will say off the bat, if they do go down, it's probably not going to be because of offensive production. It's going to be because of goals conceded. At the same time, if you can't really organize a back line that well, how do you make up for that? You score goals. And yeah, Jose was definitely the most um, dangerous offensive player going forward on that team. He made some great dribbles, but like I said, he had some poor touches, but he's also out of season. That's a big thing. Um, and this is kind of, it's interesting how this has all worked out with the January window. This is typically when he'd be warming up. So he's coming in and he's going to be fresh and his legs are going to be fresh and and we'll see him really bring what he has um, here in a month or two with uh, with Sonjevsky and man we'll be watching. I know a lot of us were watching. Um, I know we'll mm-hmm. watch that last game and I kind of joked I got up at five thirty so you didn't have to. Um, <laughs> but it was uh, man I'm excited to watch him. It's great. Um, Sonjevsky. Um, their uh, their fans seem great. They're really welcoming. They're, they're they're awesome because they're even reminding me when the matches started. So it was, it's awesome, and I'm glad he went to a team like that with a community like that. So they and they seem very very excited as we are here back in San Antonio for uh, for Jose's uh, stint there. So then moving to SAFC roster moves, and we'll start with the one last week, uh, just because you didn't get a comment, and it kind of plays into. The one announced this week. They signed uh, Kristen Bonilla uh, from Colombia uh, the day after announcing Jordan Farr. And we happened to be on the, you know, air the, you know, when Jordan Farr got announced. Um, if you look at uh, Transfermark, uh, he has a very high rating. I want to say it was 770000 as far as the value that he has. And I know that's not a perfect. But it's a good parameter, to, you know, as far as what his skill set and along those lines is. Um, initially, I thought that he would he would be coming in and starting over um, far. I've kind of backed off that based on some of the social media chat that I've heard back and forth, kind of on on him. But he's got 
he's got the skills. He's won silverware. He's played, you know, for Columbia's uh, national team, you know, at the Olympics. He was at the start. He was a starter that got through the uh, knockout stages. Uh, they lost in, in the first stage of the knockout round. So your thoughts on Bonilla, uh, Bonilla coming in? Sorry, of course, right now a commercial airliner flies over at 2,000 feet over my house. Um, <laughs> that's what I was looking at on my phone right now is a stupid radar. I was like, huh, that's loud. <laughs> um, yeah, um, that's an exciting signing. It, there are certain things that certain people, maybe on this podcast, maybe uh, elsewhere that we heard that um, – People thought that goalkeeping was a weak point um, on the roster in 2021, and it seems like San Antonio FC listened to them and changed that significantly. Um, mm -hmm. This is a big signing um, for the league in general. Uh, Christian Bonilla is a very proven goalkeeper. Um, he's not just a dude you're loaning from MLS. He's not just a you know. Let's try to get the yeah. Let's try to get the Golden Gloves winner from. No, they were like, mm -mm, we're going to South America. We're going to get a go uh, a solid goalkeeper in top South American leagues, and we'll bring him over. This will be fine, and that's exactly what they did. And uh, he's good, guys. Um, real good. Uh, and Jordan Far, and this is go with me here. Christian Bonilla is a finished product for what he has hit the length of his career he's 28 he's almost 30 he could still improve don't get me wrong but at the same time he is a well-polished player jordan Farr, the thing that we did see last season at the end he has a lot of potential he has the potential to be better than any goalkeeper in history um in the usl i think that he has the physical traits and he has the reaction time to be you know in th those two things you don't teach but you polish he could be one of the best ever. So I think they brought him in as the backup to Christian Bonilla. I thought he was going to be number one, but they brought in Bonilla. Bonilla is a very polished player. I think Bonilla is going to be number one. Jordan is going to be number two. Now, is it going to be like previous years where the number one plays 33 games and the number two will be lucky to get one plus some friendlies and open cup? I don't think so. I think this is going to be a lot closer to a two-headed monster in, in net for SAFC. Split. Um, and that's, yeah, uh, not necessarily split, not equal, not 50-50. Like 60-40? 70-30, I think is what it's going to be. I think it's, especially with, um, you know, there, there's a few uh, instances where we play three games in a week. I think you see, you know, probably uh, Jordan get two of those games in a week and then Christian getting one so he can keep that routine of getting one game a week. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I see. What Matt's put on here is what I've also heard uh, is that, you know, and this is on social media. I haven't watched okay. him play by any means. Um, but Matt, you know, uh, Gomez, you know, just tweeted uh, or on Facebook said he's not good with his hands. Okay. He's not the, uh, you know, I, the comment I heard is that he doesn't have arms, which is, you know, the, the same that thing there. Yeah. For, you know, for Dude, Bonia. Bring him here. I, I got him. <laughs> hands club right here all day, baby. Well, I'll take I mean, it. I'll take him through some, some baseball throw training. We'll get some, but we'll get his, some his, weights. His, we'll get his, some medicine balls. His, his footwork though is top notch, right, which. Right. Exactly. And this which is, is going to be what Robert's talking about here. Right. Sweeper Go ahead, uh, our goalkeeping coach, uh, Robert. Yeah, La Madrid. I, I think La Madrid will, will polish him as far as with the, <laughs> with the technique, with the hand, handwork technique. I mean, to me, La Madrid's probably the best goalkeeping coach in, in USL. That's just bar none. He's 
look at all the goalkeepers he's gone through, and he's gotten a couple Golden Glove winners. You know, everybody, you know, like I said, even with like with Matt Cardoni, he's still a good, like I said, he made him a good keeper, you know. So I, I think he, he'll learn from this, but the big thing is he's got that experience that's up. Being in the Colombian uh, first division, especially with Millonarios, which is a team that's won the Copa Libertadores, you know, having that little that experience is going to be pay big dividends for us, especially with some of the big games, you know, because now we're going to play the Phoenixes. Now we're going to play the you now the Loyal and so forth. So coming up, so I think that's the splash of that thing they had to make, and and then just having having Jordan on board is just a the insurance policy that that we had that we didn't have last year. So then we turn to this week. Um, or actually late last week, they posted a picture of training cap. And when they posted it, you know, that, you know, you know, I spotted uh, the beard and then, you know, I was looking at the numbers just to make sure it's not, you know, Cody Lorenji coming back, uh, you know, out, out of, uh, out of retirement and not telling us, um, but uh, Matt Crononi was in camp. SAFC didn't exactly hide it. Um, and then uh, what, last Tuesday, I think is what? Because they don't do announcements on Mondays. Tuesday, uh, they announced uh, that uh, Mr. Matthew Cardoni, uh, the beard returns for season seven. So we last year we went one, you know, starting goalkeeper, one youth goalkeeper, at least on paper, we've got three starting number ones. Uh, we'll start with you, Rafa. Now, you know, there's question marks about, you know, you know, his health. Although with him being back, him being signed, that tells me he, he he's either not that far away or maybe not 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 hurt at all. <laughs> Uh, he could be 80%, or he can be 100%, you know. But surprisingly, when I saw on Instagram, I said, Hey, who's that guy in the beard <laughs> in green <laughs> in a Puma jersey? And and I can tell he was he was swinging it up a bit. So that tells me that he's able to do some things. We don't know how much. Just a surprise that we have, you know. I thought, you know, after signing, you know, the other two keepers are like, Okay, this might be the end for Cardoni, but then all of a sudden he's there at training camp. So, you know, what plans the SAFC has, we'll find out, you know, no, no terms of the contract weren't given. So we don't know. We'll just leave it as that. And, but it's good to see him back, you know, after that horrible injury he had, at least he's coming back and getting a workout, working with the team and so forth. So, you know, who, who knows what, you know, it's nothing wrong having three good keepers, you know, because <laughs> you never. I don't know. I, I'm going to push back on that. But but I'm just saying. I'm just saying as far as having depth, you know, and you know who's we don't know what's going. What SAFC has plans, you know, is he loaned out? Is he sold to another team? We don't know. Or you know, like I said, is has the injury? They signed him just in you know just in case, just to kind of rehab him back along to get him ready you know, to game shape or so forth at a hundred percent. So it, we'll, I guess we'll know sooner or later what, what the capacity is as far as with Cardone being with the team. So Robert, I think, you know, you said uh, Cardone is always a mystery man. No social media doesn't say much just to himself. 
So in other words, you're saying he's the per- perfect SAFC player, uh, you know, and just on how uh, he how is he the perfect the Spurs employee. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. He's the Matt Bonner of SAFC. <laughs> Write it down. Uh, so your thoughts, number one, on, on uh, the beard coming back. And number two, how do you see this playing out, uh, Royce? Dude, I think it's exciting. Um so it seems like, go with me here, um, whenever the Spurs Sports Entertainment Brass went to the watch party to go watch um, uh, the games, it seems like they are a lot more invested. It seems like they've given, they've really given Tim Holt, you know, a bit more leeway as the go sign players. Um, there's been some pretty top players brought in. Um uh, at the same time, this seems like they're fixing a problem that they had last season. They didn't have enough keepers last season. They had Matt Cardoni and Carlos Mercado. That was it. Like that's 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 unfair to Carlos Mercado to put him as you know as a kid being as as the backup. And then they had to go out in emergency go sign Jordan Farr just to make a playoff run. Like that, that that's unfair. And it seems like they fixed that. Um, and this is how they fix that. Um, am I spec? Do I speculate that he'll go out on loan? No, I, don't I think these are your three keepers. Loan. One of these keepers is going to win the job. We'll see who it's going to be. Um, I think it's open. I think this is a very open goalkeeping position. And I think one La Madrid and our Ella Marcina stuck a flag and went, whoever gets a starting job, it's open. It's up to y'all. Let's figure it out. Let's go. We got preseason. We'll see who gets, and that's one of the things that I mentioned last uh, off season. If you remember, um, people were complaining we had too many midfielders. Oh, we got another midfielder, another midfielder, another <laughs> midfielder. And what now happened? We don't last... have enough. <laughs> I think there's a lot of trialists, a lot of people. Well, we know of one that um, is going to hopefully announced, be announced. Yeah. I think that's a really good signing. Um, but that was a complaint last season. There too many midfielders. Too many midfielders. And what ended up happening? We almost didn't have enough midfielders. And at the same time, what happened to the back line? We had to basically get a brand new back line. Um, that's how it goes, man. You think you have enough depth? Mm-hmm. 34 games, 36 games? It will show you. And that was without Open Cup depth. as well. Yeah. And we all thought that we were going to get possibly like a third keeper sometime midway. Yeah. Just in case, but that just yeah. never materialized. Yeah. And I don't know why they never did that. Who knows? You know, because I assumed, okay, well, we have to, we'll probably get a third one as, as a transfer or a loan or, you know, around the summertime, but th- that just didn't happen. And we just got lucky that we were able to get that emergency keeper with, with, with Jordan. And, you know, I guess, I guess they kind of learned their lesson. They're like, well, let's just get, have three just in case. So just in this is according to the uh, article by um, uh, San Antonio FC and, and the communications team. Um, Cardoni is the last player uh, since the inception in 2016. He was also a former member of the Scorpion, so he's the last crossover. Uh, for that here, he is the all-time leader in games played, minutes played, clean sheets at 25, saves at 327. Last year, he had 32 matches and had a season record of 99 total saves, 
prior to that injury in the in I want to say second half, uh, early second half of the last match, mm-hmm. or right at the end of the first half uh, for that hero. Else he would have got a hundred saves for the year. Overall, uh, SAFC's had 112 matches in all competition um, for over 9,962 minutes uh, for that here. So the dude is a legend as far as for, you know, San Antonio goalkeepers. Um, and, you know, as, as Ralph has mentioned from Josh Ford, uh, Cardoni, uh, down to uh, Diego Restrepo, um, San Antonio FC has been very fortunate to have quality goalkeepers and uh, looking at our roster. I don't think that's changed. Um, next one that was announced was uh, from Colorado Springs, uh, former RGV player, uh, formerly last year with uh, Colorado Springs, midfielder DeShane Beckford. Uh, he is a Jamaican international attacker. Uh, and of course, he strengthens the roster. Uh, Royce, uh, your thoughts on Beckford coming in? He's a midfielder slash forward, five goals, seven assists last year's with Colorado Springs. Also had 59 crosses. I don't know if they were accurate or you know, on that. I couldn't find that stat, but uh, he's one that plays on the wings. Uh, obviously, five goals, five, uh, seven assists, had 59 crosses. Your initial thoughts, and then we'll go into. I reached out to Edson. Because he did spend two years down in, in RGV starting out. He didn't get a lot of playing time, but when he was on the pitch, he you know he, he had results. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know Edson kind of you know uh, said what you know he thought here. Um, and then I'm going to give you some stats that kind of show, hey, maybe that's not exactly uh, you know he's kind of grown up or matured uh, yep. since those time frames. Uh, it's a very exciting signing. Um, last season, he was part of that three-headed monster um, that was the forward line for uh, Colorado Springs, and they were one of the best forward lines in, in the entire league with uh, Galena, him, and uh, and uh, Haji Berry. Rebels um, Risings. Yeah, um, fast. Uh, Beckford's super fast to the point where he got his full Jamaican international debut um, uh, last year. And in order to get on that Jamaican national team, the number one thing you have to be is fast. And even players that are fast don't make that team because they're not fast enough. Um, that The Jamaican international team is a very athletic team, super athletic. Um, and he is a great fit on that team. Um, and it's very exciting that uh, we have him. I know um, I'll say we've had... Uh, what um, is this? Is this going to be the third Jamaican uh, national team player that we've had? Uh, that would be Lance, yeah, Omar, Gordon. Omar, and now um, uh, Deshane. Um, they've all Let been really. They've all been super good for the team. Uh, when they when they come in, they've been difference makers. Um, and I think um, he's just going to be just that. I, I my speculation is well. We'll talk about positions later, but I think he's going to be um, a huge. He's going to end up being possibly the signing of the offseason for SAFC as far as offense is concerned. Lots of crosses for Patino. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think there's going to be crosses. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I think this, I think I, this frees, yeah. frees up Partino a little bit more because yeah. you now you have a more dangerous. What? Yeah, exactly. You're going to get somebody that goes to the end line a lot, and you're going to get Patino free, and that's why Haji Berry was so effective last season, is because Beckford would take over one of those center backs, Patino one on one. Yeah, that's not even a contest. So exciting, yeah. So when I reached out to Edson. Um, uh, you know, who hosts down in the Valley, um, you know, has been a host. This will be, I think season six or seven for him. So congratulations to, uh, to him, uh, for the top notch, uh, coverage of, of RGV. Um, he mentioned that he was explosive, which we all said, but he struggled with crossing and, and shooting accuracy. So I was kind of interested by that last number, um, so last year at Colorado Springs, he had the seven goal or five goals, seven assists. But last year he had 57 shots, 24 on target at 42.1%. Which, you know, I was like, 42.1, is that good? I went and looked at Marcus Epps last year. I think we all thought he was pretty good. Uh, he had 76 shots, 20 on target, 20 point or 26.3%. Nathan, who had 11 goals, uh, 93 shots, 30 on target, 32.3. And Jose, who, you know, as far as for volume shooters, had, had the highest rating, 72 shots, 28 on target, 38.9%. So to me, you know, you know, I'm not saying what Edson said was wrong because, that you know, that was his first two years down in Colorado Spring or pardon me, down in RGV, moved to a more – attacking style up at Colorado Springs had probably a little bit better talent around him. And, you know, like I said here, if he was on San Antonio FC last year, he would have been, you know, assuming that he had the same results, he would have, he would have had the highest uh, shots on target as far as accuracy going for the hair. So I thought that was a little bit interesting as far as number one, how off we were last year, <laughs> Um, but that goes into, you know, the, the type of play that Marcina likes where if you get a shot, take it, you know, along those lines here. So it'll be interesting to me, it, it, you know, especially with the offense that we have, you know, does he, does he continue around that 40% clip or, you know, maybe even improve it a little bit? Uh, your thoughts, Rafa on number one, kind of that shooting accuracy in, in you know, is that kind of like a possession type stat, you know, where sometimes the numbers don't really equal what you think that they mean? I think they're deceiving, but look what he did with Haji Berry last year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were the highest high-octane high offense, uh, high-scoring offense. They didn't have the defense like we have, but, you know, like I said, they, the reason we were bringing Bradford in is because the West is going to be a high-octane offensive league. Well, conference, and in order to complement Patino, this one more perfect player is Beckford. You know, look at all that he's done with, and like I said, with Haji Berry. So I'm glad we have him on there. I know his first year is a little struggle, but you know, we're having him on the team is gonna make a big difference, and I'm excited because, like I said, it's gonna free up Patino a lot. And who's to say Patino doesn't end up getting a golden boot because of this? which I think he has a chance to do it. 
You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not holding, holding to it, but you never know. Because like I said, it's going to free him some space. And when you do get free of space, I mean, I, I guess it's kind of comparison when you add a little component. It's kind of like, you know, with um, like with Kareem Benzema, you know, ever since the other the other guys kind of went out, it kind of freed him up a little bit. I think this this type of player complements Pacini's play because Pacini is a fast physical player. And so like I said, I, I'm, we're glad to have him. And he's, he's, he's young. He's only going to get better. So. And and then, and so like I said, it's just added. We're gonna have to score a bunch of goals in the Western Conference, no matter what, because that's how everyone's stacking up this year. So Royce and I think Robert brings up a, a valid thing here, and you guys have kind of hinted on it. Is does he track back on defense because the Colorado gave up a, a ton of goals? I th- to me, I think he's the Epps player that, this year. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on the same side. But he fills that role to where his will he come back and help with the press and along those lines? Yes, but I don't think he's there specifically for that. Yeah, no, definitely not. And um, probably the player that had the least amount of defensive pressure uh, was Epps last season, ironically. Um, it's kind of interesting how uh, oh, I'm probably too closer. Ugh. It's interesting how SAFC's kind of gone, and they've kind of gotten players that look like their previous lineup in order to fill this. You have David Loera, who's like a five-two short guy. You have a, you have Beckford taking over for Epps, who's kind of a tall, slender guy. It's kind of interesting how they're uh, doing that, but at the same time. I think that's where they slot. I think Loera is going to be on the left. I think you have um, Beckford on the right. And I think you have them cutting in just like Beckford you have Beckford plays on the left, though. Okay. Switch. They're going to switch. Okay. Just They're going to switch. Just it's putting it out be, there. It's going to be a San Antonio FC thing where nobody, even the guy that plays the 10, he's going to be outside and, and Patino is going to come back. You're going to get the dude playing number 10 go for it. That whole forward four is just going to, it's going to be a carousel. And whoever's forward, whenever they get the ball and go forward, hey, that's the guy who's probably going to score the goal. If so. it's a system, that's the, the Marcina system of play. That's yeah, that's what he's bringing in. And as yeah. far as the defense, I, I don't know Mar- uh, Robert kind of nervous about that. There's a reason why we have PC and a boo back there. That's correct. That's the thing no. is that is and and that's kind of why I'm. I mean, I hope I don't eat my words. Knock on wood, but um, that's why I'm not that scared of Colorado Springs. All they've done is reloaded on offense. They didn't really reload on defense or anything. They they got their can- defense they- is a lot better. We'll, we'll get to that in okay. another show. Okay. But okay. Their defense has gotten a lot better. Fair enough. Um I'm still not that scared of Colorado Springs, but we'll see. I think I think people are really hyping that team up for some reason. Same thing with New Mexico, but we'll see what happens with that. Um at the same time, um it just seems like they're they're getting the, as far as they can do, they're getting the band back together for, for this coming season. You're going to have, you know, speed and dribbling coming in, and you're going to have uh, – Well, well let's talk about that here. That so yeah, this, go ahead. Fire this, away. This, this, this is mm-hmm. uh, Royce's uh, – because SAFC plays a match this weekend. It's mm-hmm. a friendly up at FC Dallas here. And Finally. We, we may or we may not see, the you know, the full lineup, depending on who's healthy, who's not healthy. Uh, along those lines here. So 
But take me uh, to your uh, starting lineup here um, that you have set up here. Yeah, so this is how I think it's going to line up. Um, Beckford's not on the wing. Notice that. Um, one of the big reasons I don't think he's probably going to be on the wing, uh, especially to begin with. Um, and this is kind of a stupid thing. It's kind of a very um, aesthetic thing. But look at his number. <laughs> that's that's the eight. The eight is normally a box-to-box midfielder. I think that's what Beckford's going to be. Um, I think he is going to be that guy in the middle right in front of Abu. That's just that's going to be the link between the um, the the attacking three and the defensive five. Um, I think that is where he's going to be set up. Um, uh, I'm sorry, defensive six, as it were. I think that's where he's going to be set up, and I think that's where he's he's going to camp out right there. Uh, they're going to utilize the speed that way. And like I've said, um, I think everybody's going to rotate. Patino may be the one to be more forward more of the time. But these three I, here I will... think those three just rotate everywhere. I think they just caught wreak havoc on defenses and they're just they just cycle through however they need to. Um, I think Diouf is also going to be one of the very I think at the end of the season that's going to be one of those signings that you're like, oh wow, that was uh, I'm excited much, for all three of these much, guys to be honest. Right. Much like it. So um, SAFC's off seasons, as far as their Ford, uh, Ford core goes, has been found money. That has been their credo found money. Uh, Nathan, who's Nathan? Where's he going to start? We had, to, we had to research everything about him, <laughs> but I figured out, did not know anything. Epps. We had a few videos of him dribbling forward with, uh, uh back when it was Seattle too. Um, well, we talked about him being left back. Cause he yeah, played. We thought, yeah, we thought he was going to be left back. Cause he's the only two that was left footed out there. Um, we didn't know a lot about these guys and their transfer marked um, stats were not very high. I mean, Loera is like 165,000 and Diouf is somewhere right around there. They're just not that high, but at the same time, that's where Nathan and Epps were last season. And Nathan and Epps were two of the best players in the entire league. Uh, now, is it that Marcina and, and SAFC put them in a position to excel? Yeah, that's exactly it. They, they're like, look, you got to come back. You got to put some pressure, and we're going to press as a team. But at the same time, when we go forward, we're going to put you in a great position to score, uh, and there's going to be a lot of space for you to, uh, to to take up because our back six is really going to be um, just just stout. That's what they do. They defend, and they let you do what you need to do to operate as much as you need to. Um, so that's why I'm very excited about that forward core, and I think that's – I think they're going to – Excel, and I think it they may be even better than last year's team. So moving to the other side of the pitch here, uh, Robert says, I love our defensive signings seem to get some of the top guys from other teams, Manly, Gomez, Garcia, and re-signing Tainter. So your thoughts on what you have set up in the back? This is basically um, a slightly improved um, back six from last season. I mean, Abu, Abu was – under probably the most underrated signing last season. The guy was killer in the midfield. Um, even when we played El Paso, he shadowed um, Lucho. He shadowed Luna, and really shut them down. When we played Colorado Springs, he shadowed Haji uh, Haji Berry. Almost said Haji Wright. That's kind of funny. Um, it was you know Sanjewski. Uh, Haji Wright also played on the same team as Jose Gallegos. Let's move on. Um, Haji Wright's also an American player. Moving on, um, but. Um, Abu was the one who shut down uh, their number one forwards, uh, and he did it consistently, and he was fantastic last season. 
Uh, obviously, we know PC. He's a known entity, and he is the captain for a reason. He's fantastic. Um, I don't think Maloney starts out uh, as a as a right back or as a right wing back. I don't think he get. I don't think he starts. Um, he might because he is the captain, and I would love to see him start again. But I think he is going to be a um, like a second half sub. I think Gomez is going to be the guy out there to um, as starting because of his speed. I think they're mm-hmm. going to utilize his speed out there, um, and it might be switched. You might have Maloney back there to be the more dependable defender, and then when you need some speed in the second half, you bring in Gomez, and he's just flash all over the place. Now, will, will um, Gomez be, um, as far as his play, as, as far as his crossing, because I think they're going to have to utilize PC yeah. and Gomez for the crossing. I'll have so to do I think some. that's going to be a, the yeah. key. If, if Gomez can send crosses like what PC did last year, right? we're going to have a very dangerous uh, yeah. you know, attack that they're going to have to kind of really. Yeah, I mean, and you could even switch out um, Loera um, mm-hmm. or um, uh, Diouf in my, uh, on my uh, lineup right here for uh, – for, um, um, Collier, um, and then you have another dude that's six four that can dribble, and he can go and look and uh, hunting for headers and crosses. Uh, I think Gomez is a good crosser of the ball. I'll have to do some research for you, but I believe that's a big reason why they brought him in. At the same rate, the back three that we have: Tintor, Garcia, Manley. That's basically a um, kind of, kind of a redone backline from last season. I think Garcia was one of was the best um, center back. Uh, among the Austin Bold team, and he was a um, and Austin Bold was, as we know from last season, one of the hardest teams to play against. They were just annoying. They were really good. They had a really good back line, and they were just very hard to score on. Except for the my birthday game. Thank you very much, SAFC, for uh, putting that four uh, nothing performance. To, or was it four one because of a stupid penalty? Anyway, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Garcia's. He, he's good. He, he's good. He's great in the air. Um, and he, he's even better with his feet. And that's really why he's there. Uh, obviously, we know Taintor, one of the best left-sided center backs in the league. And Manley, uh, last season, was one of the best right-sided center backs in the league. And he's, obviously, we've talked about it before, the forward replacement. And he's the perfect forward replacement. He's also really good with his feet. So, Any concern with the team being a little bit shorter? Um, cause I know Garcia is no. not that no. six two no. Manley's not no. that six. No, I'm just asking. Go, no, go with me here. It's more go speed. Cause the... go, correct. Correct. And that is exactly what we found out last season. If you remember last season, we started out, we had the tallest of center backs. We had Schubert six, Doyle. seven giraffe out there. We had Doyle tall, huge. Well, no, but I'm, I'm talking about Ford and Kamiri, you know, Ford, Kamiri and Tainter where you had the height and the speed. Now, to be fair, that's MLS quality. Yeah. Quality where. And, and beyond. I don't even, I don't know why Kamiri was in MLS. <laughs> I think that dude's going to get a really nice job um, in Europe somewhere. But um, yeah, I mean, no, no Kamiri's just a freaking giant. Like I'm six, six, one, six, two in the proper shoes. Um, that guy made me feel short. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we greeted him in the airport, I was like, good. <laughs> Dude, freaking huge. Um, Tunisian so, Terminator, shout out, man. Hope you're doing all right over in, uh, uh, in Tunisia. And then still. the final one here, you yep. have Bonilla starting over. That's correct. Far. And I know you kind of hinted yep. on that earlier. Is that what you see as well, Rafa? And I know we're not in camp, but if you were to, if you were to 
pre, you know, pre-camp here based put, putting on your uh, goalkeeper hat. You, you, you could, but, in, I mean, but also you can go with Farr because he is familiar with the back line. Well, mostly with, with Tainer and PC, you know, he understands what how to arrange whatever system, defensive systems and shapes Marcina implements. So, you know, he's going to have the leg up on that. But I, I can see Bonilla maybe having the edge because of the experience and then being, having that play, that high, more high level play down in South America. So, but I, I mean, like I said, you can, they're interswitchable. That's, that's a great thing about that. So, you know, you know, but I, I think I'm going to give the edge to Bonilla on, the, on that just because where he's, where he's coming from. And you're not going to pay all that money to have him sit on the bench, too. So, you know, especially the value he has, you know, it's, I mean, they made a splash there. I mean, it's, it's, a, you know, you don't see that from some of the other teams when it comes to goalkeeping like that. See, this is my which, concern. I'm not happy which, about Bonilla. I'm team far. We don't need, don't start that, Robert. We don't need yeah, that again. <laughs> we're, I'm happy with the depth that we have. It's crazy that yeah. we have this depth. It's great. Um, at the same time, um, the, We'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be those three, and they're going to fight for the position, and the, and the best player is going to get that starting position. So it's more players, more quality players, is and better competition. That that's capitalism, baby. That's I mean, we've had that logjam before in the past. So yeah. Well, I mean, may the best player win that starting spot. So switching to our final topic before we just get to news and notes and final things here. Uh, CONCACAF uh, qualifying um, for the World Cup uh, I think makes results for us I think Rafa is a little bit more happier than, than than I would be if I was in Mexico shoes but um, I think they had a pretty successful window uh, Canada's running away with it and I, you know I know it's only four points but they haven't lost yet you know they won all, all of their matches 2-0. Um, including one over the United States, although listening to our coach, you know, we had a, uh, a great performance or uh, I forget the exact word that he had now, but uh, along those lines, but they rebounded against Honduras with a 3-0 win in a game that I don't know if I would have recommended them to play, but they got the job done. Uh, shout out to the U.S. men's national team and the Honduras players uh, for playing in, in those conditions along those lines, Mexico, um, Beat Jamaica 2-1 on a red card, got two goals late, uh, tied a tough Costa Rica team 0-0, um, and then beat Panama 1-0 uh, at home here. So heading into the final uh, matches here, uh, United States is tied for second at 21 points uh, with Mexico ahead on goal differential. A four-point lead over the pivotal fourth-place uh, match, which Panama, which which is one there, and then five points ahead uh, out of missing out altogether. So we'll first kind of talk. Uh, we'll go with you, uh, Mexico, here first, Rafa. Your thoughts on this window here, and then we'll go to Royce to for thoughts on the U.S. window, and then we'll look ahead briefly, just because uh, you know. Last one's last last window before we find out is the United States and Mexico qualifying for the World Cup, which is Thanksgiving. Well, like I said, I was just like when we talked about the last time, I was just hoping to at least get seven points, and which we did. We got mean, seven points. We got the seven points. You know, anything less would have been a disaster. I mean, 
the comeback win against Jamaica, you know, finally they put some of the younger players that started creating chances and got the goals in. Uh, the Clarissa game, that wasn't happy about that. It just they just play with no effort. But also you got to give it to Keller Navas. He made some great saves too. I mean, that's one. That's why he's one of the top keepers in the world. And then the game against Panama kind of almost mirrored some closer to to the Panama uh, to the Costa Rica game, but they were able to get you know that PK. I know I know Panama's crying about it, but it was a PK. I mean, they took Linus out on the box, so they were able to secure that. Uh, they everybody it, everybody made it in the media saying it's a PK. You may not that, but it was a PK. So I mean, that's it, it was a PK, and. But they're in good shape. I mean, like I said, they got the seven points. They're up a, a game and a half uh, on Panama. And like I said, it's coming down to the last three games. And the big one's going to be March 24th against the USA. If well, they we're going to get to that here in a second. Royce, yeah. you go. Uh, as far as the U.S.'s window, um, I'm still disappointed they played that third match. Um, I don't think they had any business doing that. Uh, that was just dangerous. And I know a couple of the um, – 200 players ended up getting hypothermia, getting subbed out, and I hope they're doing okay, man. That's um, and I, I saw Reggie Cannon's ears also took a hit. Um, I don't know if you saw on social media, his ears were in bad shape after that match. It's not, it's not funny. Hopefully, um, they all recover 100. Um, they did get the result, so I mean, it is what it is. That loss in Canada wasn't great, um, but I mean, Canada's just they're just they're hot as nothing right now. I mean, look at. Look at that game-winning goal that they scored against El Salvador that had no <laughs> business going in. Like, when you're hot, you're hot. It is what it is. And typically, teams like that, they fall from grace quickly because that magic just disappears. Um, so we'll see what happens with them in the future. Um, at the same time, good Lord, they just got luck. They, they got lucky um, uh, in, in that match, and they've had a they've had luck on their side for sure uh, for whatever reason. Um but you have to put yourself in a good position to capitalize on that luck, and they have. Um, but uh, as far as the window goes, um, the U.S. getting six points. I said five points is acceptable. Anything above that is great. I got six points. That's a that's a great result. That's fine. Yeah. It's, it's, to me, it was the minimum that they needed to get. Yeah. So to me, I really think it comes down. I think Canada's. I know mathematically not clinched yet, but realistically they are. Um, we'll see. You know, United States, Mexico, comfortable positions. I like Mexico's position a little bit better because they do play uh, the United States at home, and then they go on the road to Honduras. Sorry, and let, let me let me be a jerk and interrupt real quick. Also, um, that game that they played against uh, El Salvador wasn't exactly. <laughs> the most um, non-bumpy game because the El Salvador plan uh, players had an issue with their federation where they, I guess, didn't get paid out their bonus and get paid yes. their wages. Yeah, they didn't get paid. So that's another big thing where where Canada really took advantage of because maybe their players weren't exactly playing 100% to win that match. So because they had other things going on, Canada getting lucky. They're this time, protests. Correct. They almost did. Yeah, they played at a protest. That's correct. Uh, played under protest. Um, this next window that's coming up, they play two uh, CONCACAF games in CONCACAF areas. They might lose both of those matches. They play Costa Rica in Costa Rica. Uh, noted crappy place to play. So um, 
and not not that Costa Rica is crappy. Costa Rica is gorgeous. I'm saying it sucks to play there. Um, the crowds are very um, not supportive, um, and it's a very tough play, uh, place to play. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and they play Jamaica. Jamaica is just one of those teams that any day they can just decide to beat you. Um, they can get it together. Uh, they'll have Mikel Antonio. And that dude can win a game by himself. He drew the game by himself, basically, with that nonsense goal that he scores against the U.S. from 30, 40 yards out. So Canada could have a really rough window coming up. Um, and you could see the U.S. go on top. You could see Mexico go on top of the group. Uh, it's still very wide open. I, I just think because they got a four-point lead that whether they win the group, to me, I don't care. To me, it's about being in the top three. Right. That's the name of the game. Get in the top three so you can get the World Cup. Nobody cares where your position is after that. Period. You're right. Because depending on what, you know, you could win the group and maybe improve your the pot that you go into, but it's still randomized. But you got to get to get get to the World Cup draw. And they're top, eight points. Top three is where it's at. They're eight points clear from that fourth spot. Nobody, everybody cares about that eight point lead. They're, yeah. Canada's probably going to the World Cup. You're right. Uh, they are 99.9% in. Uh, barring an Atlanta Falcons collapse, they're going to go to the World Cup. <laughs> Which, by the way, the anniversary was like a couple days ago, so that's kind of sad. <laughs> you, you, you can see on the on the on there on the games, Panama and Costa Rica have have it tough, and they lose one game, it, it's it's pretty much over. They have to. They're going to have to win out to get the you know at least get nine points. I know, like with Panama, if they can get to twenty six, that that's the only way they can probably get guaranteed spots. Same thing with with Costa Rica, but you see, they have to play the top two teams. Uh, a loss pretty much does does them in. And and like I said, and if you look at Mexico, Mexico has the kind of the easier besides the United States, they have the easiest two matches left, which is Honduras, which is have not have not played very well, and El Salvador. So I know, think the United States has the toughest path because you got to go to Mexico. They they've never won in Mexico. Yeah, you come See, back that, to play Panama, and everybody in the you know everybody in the United States does not want that March 30th game to matter uh, for the United States. They want to have it locked up by the by that time. So when they go down to Costa Rica, it's not something that they have to play for. And I think to me, you know. Win or lose against Mexico, to me that March twenty seventh against Panama at home mm -hmm. is it's a must win. It is a must win for the United States. You know, I don't know if Royce feels you know how Royce feels about that. To me, my question yeah. to you uh, is: the United States a must win for Mexico, and not so much for the qualification because I do think you get Honduras even away. Honduras is already eliminated, as we've seen. And then you get El Salvador. Probably by that time, they'll be eliminated as well. So um, is is that – and it's not so much for the qualification, but is it a must-win for Mexico? Number one, what they've lost three times to the United States in a row. I know three times in 2021, right, um, for that here. So, you know, for, you know, for the morale, for – you know, Tata's coaching career for U.S. Mexico national team is it a must win? I th I think so for us just to get confidence 
and then the, this game you will have an, a pack a, a, a stick a, a stick of stadium. So yeah, you're gonna have two games out. for uh, the bad chant. Yeah, will be yeah. Um, they've already replaced that chant. So, um, <laughs> what's it? What's which is a nice one, but yeah, they, you're gonna see a, it's gonna be a hostile environment going there. And I think if I think Mexico understands if they can knock off the USA, you know, it, basically they can go get a couple of ties the last two games or or, or, or at least they have they, if they win two out of the three, they're in. USA is kind of in the same situation. They have to win. I think with them just winning one and one or, or if they win two out of the three, they're in. You know, I think the, the, the tougher path is Panama, Costa Rica, because they both have Canada. Uh, you know, on their schedules and both at home, though that that's yeah, a huge both, advantage. Yeah, um, and I, then that's I think another the, thing. The big difference Canada, for yeah. uh, is is that week two where Panama goes to the United States, mm-hmm. where uh, Costa Rica goes to El Salvador. So I think that's going to be the pivotal match. I think just who just who, to me who 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 gets that fourth slot to be able to yeah. play was it the Oceanic guys? Uh, team yeah, New Zealand probably. More likely. So, like I said, Panama and Costa Rica have a lot to play for, and they have to they have to win out in order to really, you know, either get that third slot or at least be in contention for that fourth spot to to qualify to fly for that other qualifier. The one loss pretty much doesn't pretty much does them in. So moving on to news and notes, uh, my big news uh, was RGV in Las Vegas finally made announcements. So I'm not going to tell you who they announced, but you know they made announcements. I will say RGV's uh, the playing cards was pretty cool um, as far as a way to do the announcements. You know, as far as an old school, uh, you know, guy that you know collected baseball cards in, in the '80s uh, for that here. The other big news, uh, Rafa wanted to make sure we mentioned here, uh, Washington Spirit signed forward uh, Trinity Rodman uh, for $1.1 million, which is the highest uh, salary for NWSL. So, um, And she's awesome to watch. Um, your guys' thoughts or any other news that you guys had on either uh, Miss Rodman or RGV in, in uh, Las Vegas finally making uh, some uh, player announcements and and our, uh, Las Vegas finally announcing their coach. Well, kudos to to Trini on that. I'm sure the Worms, who used to play for the Spurs, is happy for getting that big contract. So I'm sure she's going to do do well this upcoming season. And then as far as the signings for Las Vegas and and you know about time, <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm sure Edson's been sweating it out down there in the valley as far as what type of team they're going to have coming up. I know they lost some key players, so we'll see. We'll see what. Players. Yeah, so we'll see how. I mean, it's going to be tough. So if they're going to have a kind of like almost a brand new squad, and how long is it going to take for them to kind of build that chemistry to to be in contention? Well, they supposedly start camp with two announced players. Uh, any comments you have uh, on the news or notes uh, or the, anything you want to add there, Royce? Before we get into final thoughts. Uh. News and notes. Um, yeah, I guess that's not really a final thought. I'll add it as a news. Uh, congrats to uh, Atez Div and rumored uh, trialist with SAFC um, Omar Cease on uh, Senegal winning the African Cup of Nations. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. That's a heck of a result against Egypt. Um, and I don't know. If, <laughs> I 
I don't know if y'all saw the picture of uh, of um, uh, uh, what's his name um, from Liverpool. Good lord, Had Salah, Salah, no, Mohammed Salah, oh. um, complaining to the ref about a call, and the ref literally gets all of his cards, gets his book, gets his whistle, and hands him to <laughs> Mohammed Salah. Like, do you want to do this job? And then shut up and go play. It's fantastic. So, um, heck of a result for Senegal. Congrats. Robert, we don't. I know uh, Mark Bay tweeted out that Omar Assis was in the camp, uh, is expected to sign, but uh, I don't have SAFC's uh, right. That's why it's a trialist. He, he is a trialist. <laughs> he is not a player yet. He is a trialist. But considering how good he was last season for the bold, would not surprise me if he turns into next week's signing, which also. Spoiler alert, um, we should at least get one kit announcement this coming week because they do have a road match at FC Dallas. So we should get the road kit um, shown off for this next upcoming season. Uh, they're, they're using their practice ones. Yeah. Well, last, last, year, that's, last year, that's what they did before the um, before their first road um, preseason match. They announced the, um, the road kit because they have – three they have to announce uh before and then the home is going to be announced before the 27th, 27th. I, th- I think that i think they present both jerseys at, at the at the tulsa game mm-hmm. i have a feeling Maybe. they may use, they may use it just to practice the practice ones for the first two games Could but be. i think they give a bigger more splash I think maybe for that Tulsa game, they'll have... I am trying to tease this. I'm trying to be hopeful. <laughs> I'm trying to build up some excitement, and you guys are but killing I, it. But I do. But I can say is this, because I went to Soccer Factory this week. They said, uh, if you are, the, the as far as the how the fit of the shirt, right. uh, it's going to be similar to the Nike one, so you might have to wear right. a size a little bit bigger. Fine. That's <laughs> fine. XL, sign me up for an XL. I'm comfortable in a SAFC XL. Okay. We, we need to get to final thoughts. We're extending this. Wait, this is supposed to be a short show because we're just doing SAFC. Same darn link. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> uh, James mentioned any of you guys going to the FC match. AJ's got a match in Austin, so I am not. Uh, any of you two traveling up? Probably not. I'll probably be live streaming a game if, if so, there's a good game. <laughs> I'll be watching from home, hopefully. My final thoughts uh, is going to be uh, you can't really see that very well here. The Preston watch is over. Um, Kevin Bass, uh, who comes to us from uh, Reno 1868, also did coverage with the baseball team there for him, uh, is going to be taking over uh, the uh, PR uh, for that for Spurs Sports and Entertainment here, he announced uh, in a tweet. So, uh, in speaking with the guys that did 1868 Weekly, uh, he mentioned Kevin's a great guy, uh, very easy to uh, work with. So um, obviously we had a great relationship with Preston. Uh, looking forward to working with Kevin. And, and Still have a great relationship with Preston. Let's let's not. No, nah, dude, he's, he's old that, news but... now. He's Wow. <laughs> Preston P- who? I'm P- all about old Kevin news. now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Welcome, Kevin. Looking forward to um, really annoying you soon. <laughs> so, but that's my final thought. Like I said here, uh, just welcome. I wanted to get that in. I know it's not as technically uh, SAFC player related, but for us that do this, and then obviously anybody that follows SAFC, um, 
like I said, here with Reno 1868, they always had pretty cool uh, social media presence. So I'm excited that he's coming over. Uh, in talking with uh, you know, Bradley, who used to do uh, 1868 and now does Orange, uh, Orange and Black Soccer Cast with Orange County. Uh, soccer's his passion. Baseball wasn't. So, you know, he got the uh, when he, he got the opportunity to do this. And then one of the stories that uh, I've heard through the grapevine is when Preston and them won that award for you know best social media. Um, he said that he wanted one of those. And, and unfortunately, uh, RIP to you know Reno. So I think we'll be back contending, uh, you know, for, you know, for uh, the, the uh, USL PR award. So uh, congratulations to Kevin. Rafa, your final thought real quick. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, I just want to give a little shout out to, um, to the Dripping Springs soccer booster. Uh, they sent me this little nice beanie. Uh, so I'm now a mer uh, honorary member of the Tiger Nation. Um, so thank you for the, <laughs> thank you for that. So if you guys are watching, thank you. I, I, I got to wear it also this Saturday. kept my, kept me nice and warm. So I'll be proud of wearing that. And also uh, be on the lookout for Power Fifteen. It's gonna come midweek. So I'll be working on that. There was a couple upsets, uh, a couple big wins for some teams. So we'll be we'll be having that in midweek. And but I'll be live from Ron Rock, Texas. So for that show, so I'll be. Live from the hotel. So will, will Dripping Springs be making an appearance, uh, you know, into your well, they're, they're, they're still in tier? They're, they're in Austin. So, I mean, if they were in our kind of area. And also, uh, also, final thought, we did have realignment and did change the shape of a lot of the a lot of the districts, and which, which we'll mention about sometime. We'll talk week. about that this yeah, week, so, yeah. So, this is just my final thought. So, so, make sure to watch this this coming, uh, the high school version of the, of the show. That's just to give you a little preview for that. But thank you again for Dripping Springs Booster Club for giving me this. Royce, uh, your final thought? We call that in the industry a teaser. Very nice. Um, I'm just, I'm excited. There's a lot of development coming for SAFC. First uh, preseason match is Saturday. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get 2022 started off the right way. Let's go. <laughs> Excited. And then James Hope mentioned chat practice, uh, champ practice, pardon me, if I could speak, uh, is in the works. So if you're part of the Crocketeers, Mission City, uh, 210 Alliance, uh, you know, set in the bunker along those lines here, or, you know, um, I had, I've expressed my concerns to see if San Antonio FC can open up the bunkers, uh, both uh, to, the operations manager as well as to my ticket guy and everybody else so um if you want to be able to go into the bunker it sounds like this year we may be able to it's not worked out yet but it's it's looking more positive than it did last year so if you can pay attention uh to social media um emails you know under under the three uh, um, uh supporters groups that will be coming because uh the season's uh a month away, a little bit over that. So uh, for San Antonio FC, I know we wanted to keep it a little bit shorter. And uh, Royce talked too much. Uh, Whoops. That, that, that happens. My wife's going to be mad either <laughs> yeah, way. But... I, now I can bring Whoops. my drumming and show my professional drumming skills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, 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 bring my, I'll, I'll bring my kit. We'll have a good time. But we're going to get out of here. Uh, what's life without goals? Hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, I think it's Wednesday. Uh, I believe it's Wednesday yeah. that Rafa and I, and we'll see if we can bring on a, a guest here to talk about the high schools, especially with the realignment. 
Uh, but what's life without goals? Hope everybody has a great week and see you on Wednesday. Peace. Peace.